You're listening to the Digital State of Mind podcast with your host, Jessica Hawks, where we get honest about all things entrepreneurship, balancing life and business, and navigating the world in a digital age. And welcome back to another episode of The Digital State of Mind. Today is going to be a fun episode because we have Addison Bowen joining us. Me and Addison go way back. We have known each other for a while now. She was actually in the first round of Digital Creatives Academy, which was in September of 2020. So it's been a long time now, and Addison has done a lot of really amazing things in her business. She's also changed a lot as a person throughout that time, and she now also co-coaches in DCA, and we love her. So I'm super excited to have her on. We're going to talk about some really cool things that I think are going to be applicable no matter whether you are starting your business or thinking of starting your business. You may already have a business or even I think could be applicable just in everyday life. So Addison, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, tell us your story, how you grew up, how you kind of entered into the corporate world, and then how you transitioned in the online space and where you are now. Yeah, so I think probably like a lot of people that are either listening to this or are going to be on the podcast found you through TikTok. So (laughs) that's ultimately where I got started. But um, I guess just to give some background, um, I was or grew up in Utah. I kind of always had this ingrained in my head that I had to go to college. It was like there wasn't any other option for me. I think in when we were growing up in high school and stuff like that was, you know, there were the online space wasn't as prevalent. So there wasn't really any other option. Like people were just kind of getting into influencing, you know, but I really didn't see any other option outside of um, outside of college. So I um, have always been really interested in health and wellness. And I was like, you know what, I need a good job. I need to like have the stability. So um, I was actually going into pre-med and I kind of at the last moment was like, you know what? No, I'm not ready to do this. This doesn't feel aligned with me. And I moved from Utah to Seattle um, at 17 and um, had the plan of like getting residency there um, to go to to school. I didn't really know what I was going to do. But basically from the age of like 17 to 22, instead of going to school and like having the traditional path of going to school, I um, did like multiple three-month backpacking trips through Europe. I traveled a lot. I um, did a lot of random jobs working at Starbucks. I was a nanny. I was basically just like, I don't want the traditional path, but I also didn't see the means to an end of like making money and like being financially stable. So eventually I was just like, okay, you've done all this travel, like you've done all these things. Um, So, you know, you like health and wellness. Why don't you just do nursing? So I went from nannying. I think I had nannied for about four years off and on while I was um, traveling and stuff. 
um, to starting um, undergrad for nursing school. So, um, and then at the time, I had also transitioned to working in in um, palliative care, which is end of life um, <clears throat> care at a local hospital in Seattle. Um, and so we worked. Basically, it was trauma-informed care. We worked with HIV-AIDS patients. We worked with um, ALS patients, Huntington's patients, basically patients that no other facility would take. And so um, it was really, really rough. I loved my job. I loved my patients. But um, just working with death and dying like every single day, I probably experienced more dying in two years of my life than anyone will ever experience in many lifetimes. (laughs) And um, so I got to the point um, when I was two years into nursing school, I was just about to finish my last two years, um, and I had worked through the pandemic in this facility on the front lines, and we were so short-staffed. If anyone had any, you know, sickness at all, you couldn't come in. So I was working 16-hour shifts, four days in a row, so burnt out. Um, You know, you wear your full PPE, mask, gown face shield, everything. So even, you know, taking that off, if you know, um, proper PPE removal, you have to like wash your hands and go through this whole process. So even like drinking water during that, those 16 hour shifts was hard. So I was like losing a lot of weight. I was super burnt out. I have so much like empathy and respect for nurses that have made it this far through the pandemic. Um, and I just hit a point where I was having panic attacks at work, literally to the point of like me vomiting at work, because not only was I dealing with death every single day, um, and dealing with having positive COVID patients and just the fear around that at the beginning of the pandemic, but also, um, like just burnt out, like physically my body just, you know, super, super burnt out. So I finally went to a head nurse and I was like, I literally have to leave right now. I like finally was just like, no, I have to take a stand for myself. Like I need time off. I've been working my ass off. And so I finally was just like, you know, I have to go. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. I need to take some time off. Um, And they were so short staffed. So of course they're not like, we're going to fire you or anything. They're just like, okay, take some time. So I took um, a couple weeks off. I can't even remember at this point like how long it was. It was between like two weeks and a month. Um, And I was just like scrolling and I kind of feel like it was like this sign for me because I saw like literally your first TikTok video that ever went viral. That one like where you were sharing your journey about hitting 9K or 8K months as a a VA. And um, I like just kind of followed my intuition at the time and was just like, I'm going to message this girl right away. I know you hadn't like blown up on Instagram yet. So I feel lucky that I like (laughs) got in there and was like, hey, I'm doing this. And um, I just remember being like so gun ho for it. Like I had no idea if it was actually going to work. I didn't. I I think that I because you shared your story about also dropping out of nursing school. I was like, you know, I like I felt connected to you. Like it wasn't like a scam. I know now people on TikTok are like MLM scam. Like I was just like no constantly. I I was like (laughs) no, I trust this girl. Like (laughs) we're gonna do it. So because I had taken time off, like I think that was in the midst of like me taking time off. I had also just like a month ago moved in with my boyfriend and gone through this big move and bought a car. And like, I wasn't financially stable at all at the time. I remember I literally had like 
$700 in my checking account. And you were like, the deposit's 300, like put it down. And I was like, here you go. Take my money. I don't care how this works out, but it's going to work out. (laughs) I just had like this deep trust that it was going to work out. So from there, basically I, um, I, because I was still working that hospital job, I had to put in my notice. So I did go back to work briefly, um, and put in my two week notice and was like, okay, what am I going to do in the meantime before this starts? Cause I think this was in August and the program didn't start until September or October. So in the meantime, I actually like within a day, I feel like this is all just, and this will play into like manifestation and all of this stuff too, because there was just this deep trust for like myself and all this, you know, this path that I was taking, Um, because within a day I had found a really great nanny job that was only like eight to three and gave me a lot of flexibility to work on my business during the day. Um, and I literally found that job within a day making like 35 an hour, which is an unheard of for a nanny. So I put in my notice at the hospital, um, didn't even end up finishing my notice because I was so burnt out. Like the last few days I was like, I can't go. (laughs) And, um, which is, you know, funny now, but in, in the moment I felt really bad for started this nanny job, um, kind of like got used to, you know, working with the kids and got used to the family. Um, and then we started DCA and, um, I didn't really have, I think, you know, a lot of times, and I'll talk about my, my human design too, and like how that plays into manifestation. But at the time I didn't know a lot of this, but I am not a very specific um, manifestor. So when I'm actually like manifesting things or, you know, when I am calling things into my life, a lot of times it's more like visualization and following my intuition versus being very, very, very specific about what I want. Um, and so I didn't have goals at the time of like, I'm going to quit my job, my nanny job within 10 weeks. I'm, I didn't have goals about like, this is what my income that I wanted to make. I was just open to like, I'm going to find, you know, something that I, I actually enjoy and everything else will work out around that. Um, But I was able to, through DCA, I feel like even through DCA with um, the confidence guest expert that we had and meeting with you weekly one-on-one, like I just had so much growth during that time period too. Um, And, you know, learning to post pictures of myself online and learning to show up on stories and being okay with that as well too. Um, And, within 10 weeks. So DCA is 10 weeks, right? It might be 12 at this point, but um, 10 weeks within that 10 weeks, I had actually quit my job. I remember our last call, I was like, yeah, I'm done. I'm full-time. That was like my first like full-time day or that that week was like my first full-time um, being within my business. And um, <clears throat> I had, I think I had, if I'm remembering correctly, I had doubled or tripled my hospital income and my my nanny income. So I had um, probably about four clients at the time, um, all within the health and wellness niche. And I had, um, yeah, doubled or tripled my income. I can't remember the exact numbers. Um, and I just remember like kind of being in disbelief, but also just like, okay, what's the next step? <laughs> like, let's keep going. Cause I realized like how lucrative the online space is. And that, you know, I had gone from, 
never posting on my personal page, never like showcasing anything in my stories, but maybe a video of my cats to showing up every day, posting about myself, sharing mindset things, sharing, you know, deep things, vulnerable things that I was going through um, and started creating, you know, this audience and connecting with um, health and wellness entrepreneurs and other VAs and started creating this community. And I was just like, okay, let's, let's fucking do this. (laughs) And so I was all in um, at that point point after the 10 weeks and um, had quit my nanny job, which is, I mean, it's still crazy to think about for me. Um, and then at that point, um, because I had already been working with clients, I think I got my first client within like the first week or two of DCA. I'd been working with them for a while. And very quickly, I learned that I really liked the tech side of things. I really liked launches. I was learning marketing strategy. And I was even really into like metric tracking and seeing in the back end of businesses, like how I could push these health coaches businesses forward with strategy and with um, systems and with automation and everything like that. And we were seeing like really clear results of growth, like, you know, people making 5k when they started with me to making hitting 10 or 12k months because, you know, right away because of launch strategy. And so um, I realized that I wasn't really in the VA role anymore because I was handling, you know, a lot of this backend strategy, systems, automation. I think that kind of naturally happens with a lot of VAs where they're taking on more responsibility than the VA role, um, you know, requires. And so I did end up signing on with another one-on-one mentor that helped me transition into the OBM role. Um, and I think that was probably, so I'd started my business in September and by January, um, actually more like February, I had transitioned into the OBM role. February, March was like the full kind of transition. Um, and I raised my rates with all my clients. I was at the point where like my, none of my packages were below like 2k. So I was really scaling. I think at that point I was probably hitting five to 7k months. And again, this is like less than six months into business and, um, transitioned into that role, started getting higher level, you know, six figure to seven figure coaching clients that really needed someone to take care of the back end of their business was doing um, team management. And at that point, because I had grown so much and I had so much, um, I guess, like want to work with me, that um, I actually started creating an agency. So I had a graphic designer that was helping me. I had an engagement specialist. I was in the process of hiring like copywriters and Pinterest managers and, you know, was expanding my team. And that was when I also hit my first 10K month when I had like a team of three or four working underneath me that were helping me support these clients. Um, But at the end of like, you know, hitting my first 10K month, you know, we say all the time that like, like you're gonna you, people think they're gonna be happy when they make more money or when they're like like if I hit 7k if I hit 10k I'm gonna be happy I'm gonna feel fulfilled and I was just like I don't think this is right for me I was feeling burnt out even with the team members um, and so I I thought you cut out there for a second again <laughs> so um, I. <laughs> I was like, um, you know, what what can I do from here? Um, 
And so I kind of scaled back. I was like, I don't think the agency style is for me. That's really where I wanted to go. I wanted to be a one-stop shop for health and wellness coaches and spiritual coaches, um, but just wasn't fully aligned with it. So I hired another one-on-one coach. And this was like my first really, really big investment. It was a $10,000 investment, which is was crazy to me at the time. But I really, again, every single move that I've made in business has just been this like deep trust in myself. Um, So made a pivot, um, kind of like found my alignment in business, working with the health and wellness coaches, being an OBM, not agency style, but scaling my packages, um, helping them build teams underneath them within their business versus me having a... um, a team underneath me. So I was kind of managing their teams and kind of dispersed and like cut back a lot of things in my business to find alignment. And as I was doing this, I realized that a lot of VAs, a lot of online service providers, a lot of people in general, even coaches were reaching out to me and said, like, how did you do this? How did you get to this point? How did you find this alignment? What processes did you do to, you know, get there in your business. And so at that point, um, I think you had also asked me to be a co-coach or I had bugged you for a very long time and was like, hey, I really want to be a co-coach. Come on, let me in. Let me in. (laughs) And so, you know, I started co-coaching in DCA um, and with my coach also created this alignment program um, for fellow OSPs that um, were struggling in their business or feeling burnt out or, you know, weren't able to time manage or didn't have systems in place or wanted to support their clients at a higher level and get to the point of scaling. Um, Because I I see a lot of OSPs, you know, that um, are online service providers that will sign people on these really low packages or sign people with um, a really low hourly rate because they don't feel like they're worth it or, you know, they won't push things forward. And I was like, this is why we're burnt out. So I created a program to create that alignment um, and help people through that. And I had um, a $40,000 launch, which was insane to me at the time because that is more than I was making in my hospital job literally eight months prior in an entire year. And I was like, okay, (laughs) so people really want this information. And also like, this is, you know, this is what you can do in the online space with the correct strategy and the correct mindset. And, um, building your community, you know, when people trust you. And so I, um, from there, like when I went through that first round of the program, I saw that the biggest gap in like people can have all of the strategy, they can have all the strategy in the world, they can take all my my skills and ideas and, you know, launching strategy and everything, all the foundations. But if they're still not capable of working past the fear of being seen, or they feel like they're not worthy of charging higher prices, or, you know, all of those mindset, like limiting beliefs that hold us back, um, ultimately, they're not going to succeed in business. And so I was like, okay, like, what can I do from here? How can I help people further? So I decided to get certified as a hypnotherapist and NLP practitioner um, because I can actually help people work through these subconscious limiting beliefs that they have about themselves and actually succeed in business. So relaunched the second round, um, added hypnotherapy in as well. Um, Once I was certified, um, which was this past summer, like August, September, October time period. 
Um, and that was, you know, so within a year of business, I had gone from VA to OBM to coach to hypnotherapist and NLP practitioner. And, you know, and that's another you know thing that I kind of worked through mindset wise. People are so scared to pivot. And like, if you're leaning into your alignment, like it's all going to work out. Um, and so that's kind of where we are currently. Um, so I'm still a co-coach in DCA. I still have two really high level OBM clients that I do some implementation for, um, manage their team, help them with strategy. We've taken them from, you know, 8K months to 25K months to hitting their first $500,000 year through strategy and building their team. Um, you know, they're spiritual coaches. So I'm also helping them help other women, you know, step into their power and heal trauma. And it's really powerful. Um, obviously, co-coach in DCA, helping people start their businesses. I still have my program, um, which is called the Visionary Accelerator to create that alignment. And then I also do one-on-one -on -one coaching. So I have a lot of <laughs> things that are in the works and always happening. Um, but I'm just really grateful for Jess for helping me like get to that point and seeing how lucrative this online space is and like really what you can do. And it's, you know, it's crazy because having these skills at this point now, like if my whole business fell apart, I could literally start another one tomorrow and probably hit my first 10K month <laughs> in a few months, you know, and yeah. it's just, it's crazy to have those, you know, that skill set. So I it think is. that's, I think I hit everything. <laughs> I love it. I love your story and I am so grateful for you too because I feel like you it's so cool to see the transition because I remember you know in our initial calls when we, when we first met your energy was so much different you know you have really grown into your confidence it's a complete 180 for you and I love having you as a co-coach in DCA because I feel like you bring such a different element um especially with you know focusing so much on mindset because that really is a huge part of your business. And I think something that a lot of people don't realize is that whenever you start a business, it reveals everything that is deep down that you've been kind of suppressing because you've just been in a comfortable kind of clock in, clock out, or just, you know, your normal routine and you haven't really had to deal with it. And then whenever you throw yourself into a situation where you're having to push yourself out of your comfort zone to deal with criticism, to deal with becoming a leader, to deal with having to grow your confidence and show up in different ways, it reveals so many things about yourself that you didn't even know was something you were struggling with. So I love that you focus so much on that. Um, I'm interested to know if that's something that you kind of were always interested in growing up because I feel like, I mean, up until I was probably like my late teens, even, maybe even later than that, I really never knew anything about manifesting or, you know, like mindset things in general. I didn't know that there were mindset coaches and that that was something that people really focused so much on. So I'm interested to know growing up kind of what, what that looked like for you. I know that you've like always been into yoga and, you know, self-care and stuff like that. But yeah, when was that kind of introduced into your life? Yeah, that's a great question. And literally probably could be a whole podcast episode, but I guess to just like keep it short. Um, when I I haven't always been into health and wellness, um, but when I was in high school, um, I am this surprises people, but I'm like almost five ten. I'm really tall. I was super into volleyball. People are like, 
I thought you were like 5'3". I get that on Instagram. I'm like, how? <laughs> but um, so I was um, playing competitive volleyball and I actually got really, really sick. And I had <clears throat> moments where I like my hair was falling out, like I was passing out, like I wasn't able to like fully, you know, play volleyball. And um, being like, 16 or 17, like I was doing all these blood tests. I was getting my heart checked. I was like, you know, we were trying to figure out internally what was happening and there was no answers. It was like so frustrating at the time because I was like, I just want to play volleyball. I just want to be a normal teenager. I don't want to feel like this. Um, so as a last resort, um, and I had gone to like the children's hospital and done like all these tests and which it was just really frustrating. And so um, as a last resort, my mom was like, okay, well, um, let's see this holistic practitioner. And she was actually an iridologist. So what she does is she reads the irises of your eyes to like um, diagnose you essentially. So you go in there with like, no, she doesn't have any prior knowledge on you. She probably knows your, I think she knows like your age, your name, like very basic information. Um, and I could probably find the recordings. My mom recorded it, but it was like mind blowing to me. Like she knew surgeries that I had growing, growing up with no prior, um, you know, medical knowledge. She knew literally like even mental things I was struggling with. Um, and she said, you know, I think, you know, there's two things that are going on, but I really want you to get this specific blood test. <clears throat> so I went and got this specific blood test. It turns out I had an autoimmune disorder. Um, and no doctor was able to catch this, like even after doing all of their blood tests and running all their things. And they were like, okay, well, let's do this hormone replacement. And I was like 16 or 17. And I was like, I don't think I want to be on a hormone replacement. Like, what is that going to cause like issues in the future? Right. Um, and so I took this holistic practitioner's advice, took all these supplements, completely changed my diet. Um, I think at the time it was like the paleo diet. That was like the big thing. But I wasn't doing sugar. I wasn't doing gluten. I wasn't doing dairy. Completely shifted 180 my whole life, focusing on diet and um, focusing on, you know, holistic health and medicine. Um, and within like months, I had kind of totally fixed my levels, was feeling 100% better. Um, and I kind of saw the power of like this mind-body connection, but also just like health and wellness in general. So that kind of pivoted me into being really into um, Eastern medicine, being really into like chakras and healing um, or chakras. I always forget the correct pronunciation. <laughs> um, and go going into yoga and just kind of fully pivoting into like health nut wellness yoga person territory it was kind of crazy for a while. Um, but really like yoga and learning like that Eastern medicine side of things was what kind of brought me into the spiritual world. So I wouldn't say that at that point, you know, between that, that and like me starting my business, I wasn't like, I hadn't had like a full spiritual awakening, but I was very, very aware of my body of health of um, everything that was happening. I was already meditating. I was doing, you know, yoga very, very consistently um, and was very interested in that in general. Um, and it's interesting because I actually, you know, I looked into being an herbalist. I looked into doing all of these holistic, like healing things. And that's ultimately why I went into nursing was because I was like, well, I can't make a job out of this. I can't make money out of this. You know, you have those limiting beliefs. 
And so um, as I was like moving into the VA world and realized like how to market myself and how to promote myself on social media and everything like that, it was a very, it was very clear that I was eventually going to move into healing myself. Um, And so I do have plans of eventually doing like Reiki and energy healing and maybe human design. You know, there's, I mean, I have to take it day by day. (laughs) But um, yeah, there, I mean, there was a very, that was a very clear path. I feel like ultimately the VA role was like my path to getting into more holistic healing myself um, because of my past experiences. So 100%. That's so cool. I That's so funny because my mom was did iridology. She was – my parents owned like a health and wellness store, an herb store, um, and that was something that she offered as well. So I always kind of grew up around that, and I'm sure there's some listeners who are like, that sounds so sketchy. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's something that I was exposed to as well. And I think that that's – it's really interesting because you wouldn't really think that that parallels anything in the online space. But I think that very similar to how, you know, in the U.S., obviously, we're very quick to just kind of slap medicine on things or, you know, traditional medication at least. Um, and a lot of times that doesn't necessarily solve the root of issues. And I think that, you know, similarly in the online space, we're oftentimes tempted to just or told to just kind of keep grinding it out, keep hustling, just ignore the things that come up. Um, And again, that's also not really solving the root of the problem. There's so much that kind of ties into your mindset and ties into changing yourself as a person or bettering yourself as a person. And I think that another cool thing about the online space is that it allows you to find the intersections of so many things that you love, you know, like the fact that you love health and wellness and that manifestation and mindset in hypnotherapy is a part, a big part of your life. And you're able to integrate that into the way that you teach people and into the way that you run your business is something that you oftentimes can't find in a corporate job because there's kind of these hard and fast roles or at least, you know, outlines of what you're supposed to be doing. Um, So with that being said, how much in general do you think, and this could be kind of related to your business and also to other businesses as well, but how much of a role do you think that mindset and, you know, manifestation in general um, plays into the success of any given person's business? Yeah, so I've been thinking about that a lot recently, and I I honestly believe that like in business, it's 20%, maybe 20, 30% strategy and about 80% mindset, Um, you know, because there are people that will come into this VA world that have all the skills, you know, I mean, similar, probably me and you both came into this world having zero knowledge about what we were doing. Like, I think we both worked in like a health clinic. So we maybe had that some admin experience. I don't know, you know, exactly what you were doing prior, but like, I didn't have any experience, literally no experience. I made it work. I learned what I had to learn. I didn't let, you know, the negative thoughts ever get in the way. I was constantly doing mindset work because I saw, you know, the importance of that. And I think, you know, if, and I say this all the time, and this is going to lean more into, I guess, also just the intersection for me between the actual subconscious mind and the science behind that and then manifestation and the more, I hate using the word woo-woo because I think that it's like, (laughs) it can... um, it can be a way to like uh, like triggers to, people immediately. They're like, no, <laughs> yeah. don't want that. that. And also, like, I don't, I don't want to like um, 
hide my own beliefs behind right. like this, you know, word or whatever. But right. like, you know, there is an intersection between that science side of things and manifestation and spirituality and, you know, all of that um, as well. But basically, you know, learning more about the subconscious mind, I've realized that, um, and this is something that I was taught going through hypnotherapy training as well, is that like, if you have a a goal in business, you have a goal in life. So like, let's say, you know, me starting my VA business, my goal was obviously to work from home and start something myself. Um, And you don't achieve that goal, or you can't achieve that goal. There's almost always just a limiting belief in the way from um, holding you back from like achieving that goal. So like there are a million things that I could have let hold me back. I, it could have been, you know, you're too shy, you're too introverted, you look stupid online, you, you know, or maybe a fear, an internal fear of just like being seen in general and showcasing that part of myself. Um, and, you know, this all comes from the way that your subconscious mind is programmed between the ages of zero to eight, that's like really the basis for how you show up in life. Um, And so, you know, that's why the mindset work and this subconscious, you know, deep subconscious work through hypnotherapy or inner childhood healing or breath work or whatever is so powerful because it can help you recognize those things and actually, you know, rewrite those things that you believe about yourself to help you succeed. So I guess just going back to, you know, I see such a clear, you know, difference between someone that has a strong mindset that comes into this online space and makes it happen and makes it work for them and doesn't see any other, you know, doesn't see any other path. And that's kind of how it was for me. I just assumed that it was going to work for me. And that's also a manifestation thing called the law of assumption, where you literally just believe that it's going to happen and it's going to work out and it will. (laughs) Um, And that, you know, could be a little woo-woo as well. Um, versus the people that are letting, you know, comparison coming in and saying, well, so-and-so is this far ahead of me and and I'm not there yet. Or, um, you know, having just that deep-rooted fear of being seen and not being able to market themselves or feeling like they're not enough or they don't have the skill set or, you know, whatever. And that's, that's okay too. Maybe it's not the path for them, but there is that clear correlation and it's almost always some mindset thing that's holding them back, some limiting, limiting belief. And I feel I think that there's a lot of people, well, especially now, because, you know, with TikTok and kind of the fact that we're all just constantly exposed to so much media in general, I think that a lot of us, well, I would be shocked if anyone that's listening to this or in, is in the online space hasn't heard the word manifestation dozens of times, you know, from social media. But I think that there's, I think it's one of those words that's almost like become a buzzword in a lot of ways and just kind of gets said and people are like, okay, I don't really know what that means. I don't know how to implement this. I don't even know what that is. I think that, you know, I've heard from a lot of people before that it's like, okay, manifestation. Yeah. It's like just being a good person and then good things come to you. But if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, there is literal science behind this and behind kind of the hypnotherapy that you do. Could you kind of explain that to well, me, I'm interested in this. And also, you know, anyone who's listening, how that kind of works and how it's deeper than just thinking something will happen and then it does happen. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a couple, I mean, hypnotherapy doesn't necessarily just have to be 
mindset and manifestation. In hypnotherapy, I can treat things like um, smoking cessation or um, alcohol addiction or even just bad habits like biting your nails. Um, and so, you know, there is there's a difference. I need there. to book a session with you for biting my fingers. <laughs> yeah, you should. You should. I I'm a nail biter, and I I have used hypnotherapy for nail biting. <laughs> um, you know, so there's there's a difference between. Um, like some things in hypnotherapy and manifestation. Um, but essentially, you know, manifestation is the law of attraction. So yeah, there is that piece of like, you know, assuming that good things are going to happen to you or assuming that, um, you know, or having something that you desire in life and manifesting it. Um, but it's a little bit deeper than that. You know, there is, there's a couple things that have to be in play to manifest anything. So one, like having the desire and being clear on the desire. So I mentioned before that like my human design, I'm a non-specific manifester. So like journaling and um, journaling, like and being very specific or like scripting doesn't necessarily work for me because sometimes my manifestation is not super specific. It's like I have this idea of where I want to go. Like, you know, I kind of I know where I want to be or I know what my maybe my apartment looks like. I can visualize it, but I don't know the exact specifics about it. Um, so there's that side of things. And that's a whole other tangent. But, um, you know, with manifestation, there's there's a couple of things. So one, um, you know, having a desire, but also not living in scarcity without that. So a lot of times you can hold yourself back because you can say, you know, I want to hit 10K months, but you can be so focused on I haven't hit 10K months. I haven't done this thing. And you're living in that lack mindset. And that can a- actually hold you you know, back from attracting what you desire. So there's this thing that we talk a lot about in the spiritual world um, called detachment or surrender, even trust. I use the word trust a lot of times, Um, you know, where you can have this desire, but also creating a, um, you know, sense of happiness or joy or gratefulness without it and surrendering to it actually happening versus like living in a lack mindset of this thing hasn't happened to me yet. So, you know, where is it versus like, you know, I'm okay. I'm happy without this. Um, and this will come to me whenever and that's okay. Or, you know, and I, so I don't know if that makes sense or if you want me to go deeper into that. Um, but I guess the other side of that. as well is like becoming a vibrational match for your desires as well too. Um, So for example, like I say this all the time on my Instagram, but like showing up like your six figure self or stepping into your CEO power, like I can't attract, um, you know, maybe six figure months in my business or I can't attract 50K months in my business. I'm just saying that just because I've already hit the 10K month mark, but like, I can't attract that if I'm not a vibrational match for it. So again, if I'm living in that lack mindset, if I'm living from a place of like, I don't have this, so I'm not happy without it versus like stepping into, okay, how would this person show up in business every day? How would they invest in themselves? How would they take care of themselves? How would they, you know, and the basis of the law of attraction is feeling really, really good. If you feel good, good things are going to come to you. If you focus on yourself and not in a selfish way, but you focus on feeling really good, um, you know, that's when 
those manifestations are actually going to come back to you. So a lot of times I think, you know, if I'm in the process of calling something into my life, like, okay, how would this person show up? Um, And there's other things we can do like breath work that can help raise our vibration or meditation where we're kind of getting into alignment with our actual um, desires. So there's those kind of three things with the law of attraction or just manifestation in general. And the way that the subconscious mind kind of plays into this is um, one, like visualization. So in hypnotherapy, I can I basically take you to a theta brainwave state, which is that state. Um, I mean, you access it naturally throughout the day when you're driving and you don't remember driving somewhere and you're like, how did I get here? Or even when you're reading or you're zoning out on a TV show or um, 20 minutes before you fall asleep when you're super, super relaxed, you're in that state. And so we're accessing that state through my tone of voice um, and through like a series of, you know, kind of things that I take you through mostly listening to my voice. Um, And what we can do is because we're actually, you know, speaking to the subconscious mind is any of that like kind of lack mindset or believing that something's not possible for you, any limiting belief, um, we can actually rewire that and help you actually believe that it's possible for you to step into that like vibrational match for your desire type of thing. So like, for example, I did, you know, breath work and hypnotherapy when I was in a launch period for my program the first round because it's terrifying to launch something as an entrepreneur. And I was like, what if no one signs up? What if this? What if this? And it's like, that's me living in a lack mindset. So I'm not going to attract what I want. Um you know, obviously I'm putting in the work and I'm doing all the strategy, but if ultimately I believe that that's not possible for me, that's going to affect how I show up. That's going to affect, you know, how um, my audience feels about me as well too. But also that's going to affect my manifestation or my desire because I'm living in that lack mindset and I I don't believe that it's possible. So there is this, um, you know, that side of science of actually rewiring those limiting beliefs to believe that something is possible for you to actually attract it. Um, You know, because with manifestation, we also have to actually believe that it's possible for it to um, manifest in our lives. So I hope I answered your question. Yeah, that was, that's so fascinating. I got chills. Either that or I have chills from COVID. But I think that's so interesting. And I, as whenever you were talking about um, the subconscious mind, something that I thought of, and I've kind of thought about this frequently or kind of have heard it mentioned before, but it reminds me of when, you know, you maybe like buy a new car or something like that, or you really want a specific type of car. And then as soon as you kind of think about that or have that like existing in your life or in your mind, you are constantly seeing that. You know, like I have a Mini Cooper. Now I realize every single time I see one, whereas before I never noticed that. Are things like that kind of linked to maybe how the subconscious mind works and starting to recognize opportunities that you may not have seen before once you make that shift in your mindset? Yeah, 100%. And that kind of, so I guess just manifestation again, like it's, there's kind of like three steps to it. One, like you have a desire, um, and then the universe can answer that desire by giving it to you or slowing it down or saying it's not the time or testing you. And then step three is kind of allowing it to happen. Um, but a lot of people get stuck on that desire bit of like, 
it can't happen. And that's, so that's like where the subconscious mind kind of comes into play. But I talked about this, you know, yesterday, the, um, the subconscious mind is so powerful that like, and this is very similar to like your example, like, um, if I say, you know, I always remember, um, I always remember faces, but I never remember names, like something like that. If you say that to yourself, you're actually going to make that true. And so that's kind of the link between, um, you know, the subconscious mind and manifestation. And like, that's a perfect example with the the Mini Cooper. And again, that's, you know, like why surrounding yourself, if you're trying to become a vibrational match for your desire, like that's why people say, okay, visualization, vision boards, because you're looking at that thing every day or journaling and scripting because you're writing that thing down and actually you know, imprinting that in your subconscious mind or surrounding yourself with with people that already have what you have to kind of bring that into your awareness. So like with, um, you know, let's say this year my goal or I'm manifesting being a millionaire, like I want to surround myself with those types of people and with that energy um, to like help me kind of become a vibrational match for that thing. That's so interesting that you said that about the example of, you know, kind of telling yourself something and you will, uh, your brain will obviously, you know, work to prove you right. I do this all the time with like phrases, like those common phrases that people use. And you've probably heard me say this like a dozen times on our calls and stuff, but I am notorious for messing up those phrases or saying them incorrectly. And every single time I'm like, yeah, I'm just so bad at those phrases. And then in my head, I'm like, stop saying that because then you're always going to be bad at those phrases and never remember them. And I, I think that kind of once you, it's funny how once you start picking up on those things or actually being like aware of it and how how it affects you, you don't realize how often you do it or how often the people around you do it and just kind of create this belief about themselves based off of maybe one time of something happening. And then that becomes your identity. And it's like, yeah, I'm just the type of person to do this. And it's, you know, it's interesting because it's like, are you really? Or is that something you just constantly tell yourself? Therefore, you have started to embody that over time. Mm-hmm. And that's such a common theme with people entering the online space. And, you know, you and I both see this in our own programs and then in DCA together. But that theme of people, you know, kind of having these beliefs of, oh, I'm I'm really introverted or I'm really bad at writing proposals or I'm really bad at doing X, Y, and Z. And oftentimes there's rarely been many situations to even prove that right. But it's something that we've just kind of written about ourselves and make it happen. And we oftentimes don't really do that as much on the flip side. I think a lot of that comes from, you know, wanting to be viewed as humble or not to be, you know, not wanting to seem too prideful in yourself. But we rarely are doing that on the flip side of saying, I'm really good at this, or I know that this is going to work out for me, you know? So. Yeah, 100%. And I I think also, you know, it's interesting with, um, there's a, a, you know, manifestation, I feel like is like this lifelong process. And I'm not like, perfect, of course. But like, I think just another example is like, um, to go back to that trust and detachment. I mean, there's also a level of like, action. Like, I'm not just sitting here, like, I'm gonna hit 10k months. And I'm just sitting here, and I'm waiting for it to come to me, like, I'm taking action, right. But it's kind of like, um, like, if you if you make an Uber Eats order or something, you're not like, sitting there and you're like, well, is my peach pizza going to get here? Or is my Uber Eats going to get here? Like, how will they get here? How, what if they can't find my door? I hope, 
like, I hope he doesn't drop it. Or like, what if I don't get my food? You know, you're, you like make that order and then you're trusting and you're like either taking action. You took action to make the order, um, but you're trusting that you're actually going to receive it and it's going to come. You don't think about it. So that's kind of just that level of detachment. Um, I think that's like the easiest kind of (laughs) example to give. Yeah, I think I think that something that may kind of pop into our heads a lot of the times when it comes to this is that as humans we're so impatient. Obviously, some some are more impatient than others, like me. Um, now I'm like, wait, am I speaking that into existence? <laughs> um, but you know, with that, I think that there's an element of oh, how long does it take for this to work? You know, we want to see the logical side of it. We want to see, have a specific timeline or know the outcome of specific things. So kind of on the same line, you know, as that, what's your what's your view on thinking about timelines in correlation to manifestation? And, you know, with kind of along the same lines, so what do you need to be doing during that time in order to make something that you've really kind of desired in your life work in a sense? Yeah, that's an interesting question because there's really not a timeline. <laughs> like, you know, um, everybody I, I, closes I, the episode now. They're like, <laughs> all right, well, then I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm done. Um, you know, it's interesting because um, – you know, like I, I think back to my mindset prior to starting my business and something that I was always like, I think I was kind of naturally manifesting without even realizing it. Like I said, you know, visualization works really well for me. So prior to having my business, I envisioned like the, my perfect apartment. I envisioned like having this work from home job and the type of people that I would maybe work with. I had no idea what I was going to do. Um, but I did envision like what that life would look like and work working at coffee shops and having this dog that I would walk around the city, you know, I had like this very specific kind of like thing that I would run through my head. And so I was, I think I was kind of manifesting without even realizing it and then called in this whole life. But the the thing is, is that like, you know, with a timeline, like obviously it took eight months for me to hit 10k in business. I was so detached from the outcome of money. I honestly believe that like the more that you chase money, the less that you'll receive. Um, and there's a really good book called The Illusion of Money um, by Kyle Cease. If you're anyone here is interested in like learning more about money mindset or manifestation and money at all, um, but. I didn't have a specific outcome for what I wanted to make in my business. I was focused on the value of what I was providing and also the impact that I was creating. Um, But again, like I didn't have a specific timeline, but I was also listening to my intuition and listening to the signs from the universe. Like I could have seen that TikTok video and not taken action right away and taken action six months down the road. Or I could have had the opportunity to pivot in my business into coaching and been like, I don't think I'm ready for that. I'm not going to be a good coach. I'm going to, you know, whatever. And that's kind of where that mindset and like limiting beliefs come into play too. So it's going to be different for everyone, right? Because, um, you know, one, we need to listen into that intuition. It's really interesting with the subconscious mind. Um, like our subconscious mind is aware of everything. It's literally aware of everything. It files everything away. It's not missing anything. It's not taking anything as a joke. It's literally just like everything around you is being inputted. So a lot of times like 
I say intuition and really like intuition is just the push from your subconscious mind of like we filed everything away that is happening around you. If you have this instinct to do this thing, like it's likely outside of your conscious awareness, but you're able to like the universe has put it in your your realm or your scope. Um, because you're ready for it or because it's time to take action to have that manifestation come to fruition. Um, And so, you know, again, like it's going to be different for everyone because like I could have not taken action and let my mindset or a limiting belief hold me back from actually taking action and starting my business versus, um, you know, just being like, okay, you know, I might not be ready yet, but I'm going to do this because I have this clear sign that like this is the next path for me. And along that kind of same idea, how you were talking about your brain kind of filing away everything around you that's happened, um, this is going to sound really left field, but it will make sense when I'm done. <laughs> um, I have this like, you know, really terrible habit of having this, you know, um, I guess, vision or fear of my dad dying. My dad's older, you know, he's almost 70. And I live, I don't live that far from him, but I live in another state. So in my head, I'm always going through these scenarios of like, what if I get a phone call that my dad's been in a car accident, and then I have to drive there. And when I'm doing when I'm in that moment, or thinking about things like this, and I'm sure that a lot of other people could, you know, kind of relate to this, or anyone who's experienced like those types of intrusive thoughts, your body has a physical reaction to that. And, you know, I don't remember, I think I read this in a book one time, but the whole theory was that, you know, because your brain can't really differentiate that much from something that you're thinking has happened and what has actually happened in your reality, when you envision things like that, or when you think of something bad happening or good happening, your body and your brain kind of take that as your reality and then move forward accordingly. And, you know, I think that that could be a deeper conversation as to a reason why some of us feel like trauma related to specific situations or have experienced PTSD and kind of feel like we're reliving those situations. But, you know, is that true? And is that kind of how in certain situations where people are kind of coming into the online space and having this you know, vision of things not working out or seeing themselves fail or walking through these scenarios of people judging them? Is that a situation where your brain kind of takes that as, oh, this is my reality, therefore I'm going to guard myself from the situation and make it harder for myself to move forward in that area? Yeah. So your your subconscious mind likes the path of le- least resistance. So in, you know, in our brain, we have all these neural pathways um, and your subconscious mind likes the, like I said, the path of least resistance. So what that means is like, it's going to take the easiest, most comfortable path. So if you have these thoughts of like, this isn't going to work out for me, I, you know, I'm just using like my own personal kind of things um, as far as like, um, maybe being an introvert or not being able to show up for myself or being bad at sales or being bad at marketing or thinking I'm stupid showing up on stories or whatever it is like, um, or just not taking action in my life. So like, let's say, um, at that point where I had $700 in my bank account and I was like, here's 300 of it, I'm going to figure the rest out. Um, one, um, that me doing that 
is like that was creating change in my life. But because our subconscious mind likes the path of least resistance, oftentimes we're going to stay with what's comfortable. So we're going to stay in our corporate job because it's comfortable. We're going to stay doing in the relationship that we're in because it's comfortable. We're going to, um, you know, kind of not take any opportunity for change. So like when I'm doing, you know, hypnosis or when I'm doing um, this deep subconscious work, we're actually creating new neural pathways to actually create change. And so, you know, there's also ways to do that without hypnosis, um, you know, just by taking action or by um, realizing, like being aware, obviously, of our limiting beliefs or being aware of things that are holding us back and um, like we always say like the first step to change is awareness, but, um, you know, also just being like aware of like, is this, is this real? Like, am I actually afraid of this? Cause it's not going to work out or because it's not possible for me, or am I just telling myself it's not possible for me? And like, what do I need, need to do to take action? And I think that just kind of, you know, comes with time and building that trust in yourself. And I don't know, did that answer your question? Yeah. Um, I, and I, you know, with kind of that whole world and getting into like um, meditating and because I feel like that's something that's really hard for a lot of us. I mean, it is like pulling teeth for me to sit there and just sit. (laughs) Um, So with that in mind, you know, obviously we're going to venture into some other topics, but what would be your I guess, launch pad for people who are interested in kind of learning more about that or starting to develop a better sense of wellness and of looking, you know, kind of introspectively to start this whole journey. Because I feel like a lot of people don't start it or don't really involve themselves a lot with it because they don't know where to start. It's really overwhelming to them. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be honest, like the whole spiritual (laughs) world is still overwhelming to me sometimes. You know, I feel like I like even I am I'm always 100% honest about this but like even when you asked me to come on the podcast and talk about manifestation and mindset I was like you're not qualified to do that and I so I'm aware of those thoughts right so like that's you know number one I would say like being aware of your thoughts and like someone asked me yesterday or there was like a poll on Instagram or something and they were like how do you deal with negative thoughts or how do you deal with negative um, self-talk about yourself and I said I don't allow it. So like, I am so aware I've created this rapport with my unconscious mind that like when my first thought was like, you're not qualified to do that. um, I'm able to say, you know what? No, you don't have to be an expert to help someone. You don't have to be an expert to, um, to share what you do know or your knowledge. Um, And you also are qualified to talk about this. And, you know, you have this certificate and kind of like talking myself down and like reframing it or even saying like, how awesome is that that you get to, you know, do this. And so um, I would say that like the number one thing is like just being aware of your thoughts. Like, because if you're saying I can't, if you're saying I should, if you're saying um, this won't happen, like any of those things, like it's likely a limiting belief. So just being aware of that. Even, you know, another kind of way to see like what limiting beliefs are coming up in your life is to see like where you get the most angry. So like for me, um, I, you know, I know we were going to talk briefly about my breakup, but I like the, the most anger that I was feeling in my life and the most like 
frustration that I was feeling in my life was with my relationship. And so I was kind of seeing like, okay, like what, why is this making me so angry? And it was because I was making excuses for staying in the relationship and like kind of creating limiting beliefs about me not being okay without this person or, you know, and so it's like, where are you getting angry? Where are you shooting yourself? Where are you saying I should be doing this? Where are you saying I can't? Um, And reframing that and being aware of that. But then also, you know, I mean, meditation is so hard for me. There's other ways to do meditation. There's breath work. You can do like moving meditation, like working out or walking or um, even yoga is like considered kind of moving meditation. Or finding a guided meditation that's even like five minutes that where someone's kind of talking you through like relaxing your body or relaxing, you know, and just having that quiet moment to yourself. Journaling is a really great way to kind of start creating that rapport with our unconscious mind, looking up journal prompts um, on Pinterest. I do that all the time. Or um even just creating a vision board for someone that is maybe um, really can't do meditation. Like it can be fun to like, actually like, what do I want in life? What is going to bring me pleasure? Like what, cause you know, I think also just being in the corporate world and just in general, like we're not accustomed to thinking about things that we actually want or things that are actually going to make us happy or even in tune with that. And like what us, what makes us feel good because we're so used to living in this comfortable state of I'm just showing up in my life every day. And just, you know, going back to the thoughts too, like I used to say, oh, I have to get up and go to work and go to this hospital job. And it's like, I could have chose to be happy right then and said, you know, I'm so grateful that I have this job that supports me at this moment in time. And so, you know, it really is thoughts and just kind of having those practices that can bring more self-awareness to you and how you're actually feeling, but also like chasing your joy, finding something that makes you happy. Maybe you don't want to quit your corporate job. Maybe um, you like that stability. That's okay. But how can you find happiness? How can you find joy? How can you find, you know, fun in your life outside of that? Because we, you know, we also, none of us have fun anymore. (laughs) We don't, we don't, we just don't, we don't as adults have fun. So like how, how can we integrate that into our lives to actually be happy right now? Because that's the other thing with with manifestation is anytime you have lack, anytime you have ungratefulness, anytime you have fear or anxiety, like you're stopping your manifestations from coming to you. So the goal is to like feel good right now, you know? Yeah, I I love that. And I think something else that I've had to realize with starting a business is you kind of feel like, okay, well, I've made it over this initial hump and I've kind of gotten through the hardest part, which is oftentimes viewed as starting. So it's all uphill uphill from here. And it's interesting because you start to realize, like you were saying about kind of being feeling underqualified to come on a podcast and, you know, teach people about mindset and manifestation. There's so many small moments like that in your business. Like, you know, the first time that I was, you know, asked to do a podcast, I was like, oh God. And I felt those feelings of the nervousness and some doing something new that I was so tempted to just be like, ah, no, I don't want to do it. You know, or the first time that you get invited to do an interview for an article or even starting a new venture, like starting a podcast, I put it off for so long because it was something that was new that was scary to me. And so there's so many times that that happens, even after you are viewed by, even after you're doing something that other people wish that they were doing and they kind of view you as this beacon of confidence or this beacon of being a successful business owner. And in the meantime, you're constantly having to overcome those new fears. It's just a totally 
totally different level of them. Like instead of yeah. saying yes to, you know, starting a program to help you get started, you're saying yes to like being interviewed for one of your favorite, you know, articles or whatever. So it, it's definitely a shift, but it's something you constantly have to kind of self-correct through that time, I think. Um and you mentioned your, you know, your breakup, and we've kind of both been in that situation where we've dealt with going through a, a pretty intense breakup while owning a business. And I think that this also kind of ties into um, being able to prioritize yourself in your business because, you know, oftentimes when you are like going through a breakup in the corporate world or something like that, I remember my first like official breakup whenever I was a teenager I was working at Plato's Closet and this was like with someone I was talking to online so this is so like so 16 year old drama but um you know it was like so devastating to me at the time and I remember I was at my job and I was just bawling all day like if anyone spoke to me I was just like (laughs) and so you know that's kind of a you know a more lighthearted example but it just goes to show that like in the corporate world that's not a reasonable reason or a valid reason in their mind to take off time or take time for yourself really most things aren't unless you are ill um so I think you know if you could touch on like dealing with that while owning a business, how that kind of plays into also keeping up with responsibilities, because I feel like this isn't really talked about that much in the online space. And also how, you know, it's okay to take time for yourself when you are going through things like that and your business is not going to blow up, which we all think that it will. (laughs) (laughs) So one of the biggest, um, and this will kind of come full circle, but one of the biggest things in all of my mindset work in the past year, I did um, this um, 16-week breathwork um, program where we were literally going through each of the chakras, doing breathwork, which is, if you haven't tried it, it's literally insane. Um, And, you know, deconditioning a lot of the things that um, are conditioned on us as like women and humans and, you know, just in general. And one of the biggest things that I realized is like, yes, I had this success in my business. Yes, I, um, you know, was hitting my all my goals or things that I had, you know, wanted for myself. But I was in this place of seriously overworking, like working 12 to 16 hour days, never feeling like I was doing enough. I wasn't setting boundaries um, with my clients. I was responding at literally any time, Um, you know, didn't really have office hours, like would respond to my clients on the weekends and um, just didn't have any work-life balance. Like my boyfriend at the time, like we'd be in the car and he'd be saying, like telling me a story or saying something. And he'd be like, did you hear any of that? And I'd literally just be on Boxer, like responding to messages or on Instagram and would tune out literally everything that he said. And that, and so as I was going through this program and like deconditioning a lot of this stuff, and I realized this just level of overworking um, came like really down to the fear of like, if you don't work this hard, you're going to fail or you're not going to make the money or, you know, it's all like kind of interplays. Right. And so that was also, you know, a moment where I was moving into coaching too and making those transitions in my life. And that's really when I scaled back too. And so, you know, I started telling myself like, you can work less and make more money and you can do, you know, you can basically do whatever you want with this business. Um, But I was really working on like my work-life balance. And so I was thinking about this as I was reflecting on my breakup 
And, you know, a year ago at this time, if we're being honest, like if I really, really thought about my relationship, I don't know that um, I, I think at that point even I was kind of aware of like, maybe this isn't the person for you or it's not the right time for this um, because I was focusing on my business. But because I was focusing on my my business and like how hard I was working and just constantly like I was not in a place where I would have felt safe like nervous system wise or physically to even say to my clients, like, I'm going through a breakup, I need this time off. And so as I was working through, you know, all of these beliefs and this mindset and kind of deconditioning these things and feeling comfortable setting boundaries, like not only in my business, but also in my life with family, with friends, um, you know, it really is a nervous system thing. Like we have to feel safe in our bodies, like actually doing that thing because it's scary. And, um, you know, and I learned like the more that I set boundaries, the more comfortable I felt doing it. Um, and I got to the point where I was telling my clients, you know, I'm only working these days for you, or, you know, I'm taking this day off or I don't feel well, I'm going to take care of myself or, you know, these are my hours. I'm not responding outside of this time. Or, you know, this is the time when I do breath work and yoga. I'm not going to respond on Wednesday nights or whatever. You know, I started slowly setting these boundaries. Um, even with friends at the time, you know, I lost a really close friend um, that was basically, I think, having some um, – was projecting a lot of, like, her insecurities and would say to me things like, you know um, – what's the longevity in being a VA or what's the longevity in this or like how are you going to succeed or you're fake online or whatever and like I would take that versus like starting to set boundaries and feeling safe doing this and saying no this is not okay I don't accept this behavior and so you know I think um that took a year of me like really working on those boundaries to get to the point where like now, even with my students, I don't respond right away. And I know that like me not responding right away also gives them the opportunity to figure something out themselves and to, you know, use their own trust and their own, you know, judgment on certain things. And so, you know, it took me a while to get to that point. But, um, you know, I think that also I had to go through all that mindset work internally, both in business and in life to get to the point also, you know, going through hypnotherapy training, doing all this, this subconscious work and actually being a hypnotherapist and realizing that we literally, you know, can create our, our entire realities. And I was like, okay, well, if I create my reality, why am I staying in this relationship that's literally making me miserable? Like I, I, you know, I have this business that I love. I have this business that I'm excited to show up in every day. I can literally move anywhere. I can do anything with my life right now. You know, I'm making good money. I'm financially stable. I don't need to live with anyone. Why am I staying in something that's making me so uncomfortable and so miserable, right? And so, um, you know, it really took me getting to that point of like, it was a small kind of like intuition of like, this might not be for you, but making excuses to getting to the point of no, this is not it. Um, and you have the power to change this. And, you know, I, I also would think about like my students or I would think about friends that I have. And like, if my friends were going through this situation or my students were going through this situation, like what advice would I give to them? What advice would I give to them to like, in this relationship or whatever. And like, honestly, I would have said, no, you have to go. You have to leave. If this is what you're feeling, you have to go. So, you know, it took um, that whole mindset thing and getting to, you know, working through all of this in my head um, to get to the point where I, 
decided I was going to do it. I texted all my clients and I said, this is what's happening. I was very open about it. I said, you're probably not going to hear from me. I'm driving from Seattle to Utah, which is a a 12 hour drive with my puppy. Um, I need this time off. I'm taking it off. And like, that's the thing too, is like when you're in alignment in your business and in your life as well too, like I, all my clients were like, take whatever time you need. Like you need to take this time and like, you know, it's okay. You take care of yourself. I, we totally understand. I hope you're okay. Let us know if you need anything. And that's the importance too of like finding that alignment is like, honestly, if I had a client say, well, I need this done or I need this, or you should be doing this thing or pushing me to get on and do something when I clearly wasn't in the right headspace to do it, I wouldn't want to work with them anyways. And so I've kind of, you know, realized all of those things, those small things that have come together to help me create massive change. Yeah, I love that. I And I I think similar to that, something that we can so often do, and sometimes this is, you know, just kind of something that has to work itself out and is resolved with time. But, you know, obviously now I'm in a happy relationship. But before when I was going through, you know, a divorce while also owning a business, Something that I had realized was for the majority of that relationship, I was using my business as an excuse to stay in the relationship or as an excuse as to why it wasn't working or why I had that gut feeling of like, oh, this feels so wrong. You know, it was, oh, well, I'm working a lot. That's why. Or I would also kind of on the flip side of that, use my business as an excuse to have time to myself or like stay at the office way longer than I needed to, you know, that I was renting at the time. Um And so I think that those are just super important things to be aware of in situations like that. And that all goes back to following your intuition, like you were talking about, because it's so funny how our body knows when Mm -hmm. something isn't right. Like we get that physical reaction of, I don't want to be in this situation. I want to be somewhere else. I want to be alone. And it's, it can be really hard to you know, follow that, especially if you're in a situation where you aren't able to financially support yourself or you do have to rely on someone else. Mm -hmm. It's so difficult. And I think that that's, you know, one of the other things that's so powerful about the, like having a business and Mm -hmm. having that, you know, source of steadiness in your life and being able to rely on yourself is, is that you are able to get out of situations like Mm -hmm. that for the most part. Obviously, there's always going to be, you know, situations that aren't like that. Um, But I think that especially for, you know, women, it's so important to be able to get out of a situation comfortably and know that you're going to be okay and know that you can financially support yourself if something like that should happen. So, but it's still hard. It's so hard to go through a breakup while owning a business and feeling that it it's taking time off. And like, even whenever you're not showing up online, because you're, you know, struggling so much, those thoughts of, oh, well, everyone's going to forget that I exist. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> I'm going to come yeah. back and people are going to be like, um, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Or just, uh, you know, and I, I definitely have those thoughts of like, my clients are going to leave me or like, yeah. you know, I'm not going to sell anything or, you know, I'm not going to make money or whatever, you know, yeah. and like, I think that was a test and like a lesson for me too, of like, you're going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, like you were saying too, with, um, I, I went through a breakup also when I was working in my hospital job and like, <laughs> I, I remember I didn't tell anyone what was happening and I'd actually been cheated on too. So I just mm-hmm. like, you know, that it was like a really, really a lot of deep, wounds and like trauma I was working Mm -hmm. through and like 
I remember, you know, I, I went to work like the day after and then like as it started sinking in like what had happened, um, there was like a four day period where I literally just like did not go to work. I didn't call in. I was like no call, no show. And like, you know, I'm, I'm really grateful that like they at that time were like, okay, what's going on? Like this is not usual for her. Like, you know, trying to figure out like what the situation was versus just firing me. But I think, you know, like you said, that is the power of like creating a life for yourself or having a business or taking those leaps and doing something for yourself. Um, Because, you know, if I still worked at the hospital, if I was a nurse, it would be a lot harder for me to just pick up my life and move, you know? So I, there's also, I just feel a lot of like gratitude for where I am and, you know, and that's why we do what we do too, right? To help people get to that point and empower other women to know that they can, um, you know, create a life for themselves and have this stability, right? Because not everyone has that. And, you know, I'm very grateful that I was in that situation, but, you know, it's just, it's hard all around. Yes. So uh, as a final question to you, this has been really amazing, um, but I would love to hear what advice you would give to you know anyone who is wanting to enter into the online space, maybe start their business or kind of just start learning more about how to improve their mindset and you know get started with starting a business online. Yeah. So with getting started online, I would say the biggest thing is just... Um, like money mindset. Like I wouldn't be here if I hadn't invested in all of the mentors that I have, the one-on-one coaches that I have that have kind of helped me get to this point. Um, you know, and I think I I could have 100% done it by myself, but I think having someone that's been there and is a few steps up ahead of you to give you um, you know, the strategy and the advice, um, that's been the biggest thing. Like it was terrifying for me to invest $10,000 in a mentor. Um, like literally so scary. <laughs> I like second guessed myself and regretted it for a while too. But I think that that's ultimately like what helped me push forward. The other thing, and I know that people say this all the time is just like, just start. Like I always think about like, okay, if I don't make this decision now, well, one going back to manifestation, like how would, whatever I'm desiring, how would that person show up right now? So whether that's an investment or whether that's showing up on stories or whether that's, you know, whatever it is, um, how would that person show up now? So I'm thinking about that when I'm also thinking about like, okay, if I don't do this now, am I going to be upset that three months from now, six months from now, a year from now that I didn't start and wish I would? Like even, I mean, just a simple example with like, TikTok now. I'm like, why didn't I start posting two years ago? You know, because I could be here, right? And so, like, any inclination that we have to like start these things, like, I would say just like literally go for it, like small steps. A lot of times we get overwhelmed with stuff like this, but how can I break it down into like small actionable steps? So, I tell my students this or DCA students this all the time when they're struggling, it's like, okay, one step at a time. If literally all I can do today is figure out what my niche is, or maybe just write my bio, or maybe just um, think about like the type of entrepreneur that I want to work with. And I spend five minutes writing that down, like, okay, that's great. You took action. But you know, finding like those small things that we can actually take action on. Um, And then also just, you know, to, I guess, improve your mindset, or if you're trying to grow in the online space, just knowing that like, rejection is protection. This is what I say to myself all the time. If someone doesn't want to work with you, 
great. If someone says you're too expensive, that's awesome. Great. You're out of budget. That's, you know, don't let that affect you. That's not a you thing. That's a them thing. It's like, you know, when we get out of a relationship and we're like, it's not you, it's me. It's like that type of thing. But literally, um, you know, because I always say like, if a client doesn't want to work with me, if a coach or a student doesn't want to work with me, if they don't want to coach with me, that's great. That's fine. Like I want you to succeed. And that might not be with me. And that's totally fine too. So, you know, starting your business, I think a lot of times we can get discouraged because maybe we do like five discovery calls and not one of them signs with you and that's okay. You're getting the experience. Like how can I look at, you know, what's happening as a win too, a small win? Like, yeah, I, you know, didn't sign these five discovery calls, but look at how you know, much more confident I am from square one. Or, you know, uh, six months ago, I would never get on a call like this and sell myself. So even just looking at those small wins and, you know, honestly, like the amount of sales calls I've had versus the amount of people actually working with me, like the ratio is like insane. It's probably like three to 5%, you know? And so just like looking at how can we reframe any, any, setback as a win or, you know, as a growth opportunity, because that's really just that flexibility of, you know, saying, you know, no, this didn't work out for me, but how can I pivot or how can I make this work out? Or how is this a win is going to help set you apart from the people that aren't able to succeed in the online space. So I think those are the biggest, the biggest things. Yeah, I completely agree. The small (laughs) wins and the small actions and steps that you take truly are the everything that make up the whole of what your business will eventually be. I had a friend um, or I have a friend in the online space who had around 300 sales calls before she had someone sign on mm-hmm. with her and now she's making multiple six figures in her business. So if she can make it work, then anybody can. So <laughs> um, well, this was super amazing. I found this episode really interesting. I feel like I learned a lot and Addison, you post a lot on your Instagram, you know, about everything that we've kind of chatted about today and talk even more in depth about that. You also have, you know, some hypnotherapy, like guided hypnotherapy sessions that people can download for free. So let us or let everyone know where they can find you online. Yeah. So my um, Instagram is it's Addison Bowen. My website is also it's addisonbowen.com. There's um, a lot of information just about hypnotherapy in general. I mean, I talk about, I help, um, coaches and online service providers that are struggling with this Mm -hmm. mindset or things that are holding them back. Um, I have tons of content. I have tons of content on TikTok too that is really valuable for people looking to get into the online space. Um, And I can actually give you a link to, this isn't publicly um, put on my Instagram, but a link to attract abundance and wealth. I can give you that you can put on the the podcast episode as well too, um, just to even try hypnotherapy. Yeah, that would be amazing. We'll put it in the show notes and we'll also put all of Addison's in the show notes as well for any of you who want to check that out or just chat with her or, you know, have a question. So thank you so much for being here, Addison. Thank you. This was so fun. It was really fun. Forever. So I know. I feel like like we could have made this like a five-hour episode. (laughs) (laughs) our dogs would be barking the whole time i know (laughs) that we'll start a podcast for them (laughs) i know they'd be i think they'd be really close (laughs) well thank you everyone for listening and we will there we go right on cue (laughs) and we will talk to you in the next episode bye everyone 
Thank you for listening to the Digital State of Mind podcast. I am your host, Jessica Hawks, and I am so happy to have you here. Follow along with us on Instagram at the Digital State of Mind so that we can stay connected with you and get your feedback on what you want to hear on the show. I know everyone says this, but we're serious, okay? <laughs> Talk to you next time. Thank you.